name is Brooke. My name is Alyssa, and I continually struggle not to eat soap. <laughs> On the one hand, I understand that because, like, the cupcake soap and all that is yes! real popular nowadays. That's but also, I know you, and I suspect you also just mean any pretty good-smelling soap. I mean, yeah. Like, the- don't get me wrong. The food ones are the primary struggle here in terms of, like, oh, it looks like a cake. It looks good enough to eat. But also, if it's brightly colored and shiny enough and smells like blueberries, I want to stick that in my mouth. I am five. <laughs> you should work on that, maybe. <laughs> Just, you know, for your own well-being. So, you guys may have noticed that it is not our normal update day. I don't know if I told you guys ahead of time on the Twitter or not. Who knows? Not me. But it's a Saturday and we're posting today because it's Halloween. And really, is there any more Mythids a holiday than this? Halloween is the nationally recognized ho uh, holiday of Mythids if we were nationally recognized. Yeah. Yep. Correct. <laughs> And so we thought to celebrate this, our first Mythids Halloween, we should take on a uh, monster versus that has, I'd say, been in pretty hot debate for a very long time. I'm willing to bet that there are a bunch of different forms of media that have taken on this versus, but I'm gonna be honest with you, currently I can only think of Twilight. <laughs> God. God. Okay, but they have like, oh god, not the Resident Evil series. Uh, maybe it is the Resident- god. What was that one series that was like the movies and it had Kate Beckinsale in it? Uh, Underworld, I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Probably. Like I said, this has been a hot debate topic for a long time amongst the, the monster fuckers. It's just, I can only think of the one because I was in seventh grade when that shit was popular. And so, understandably, it had quite the effect on me. <laughs> I like to deny that it ever happened. Like, I lived in that little oh, box Oh, absolutely of, no. same. Absolutely same. I've never heard of that novel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> is, that a, is that a book? A video <laughs> game? I don't... I don't... I don't know. It's a time of day, right? Although, I will say, I don't know if you've noticed this, but on Tumblr, there has been, like, a Twilight renaissance amongst the, lens the lesbians. Oh, God, no. And I am... In full support of that. <laughs> uh, well, what do you mean by renaissance? Do you mean like doing it better or? No, the fandom has just been taken over. Like it's revived itself, but now it's like only lesbians who are into it. And I love that for the, sh for it. I, I guess, I guess, I, uh, listen, listen, I still haven't forgiven Twilight for using real live native people as their oh. werewolf tribe and oh, then absolutely. just subjecting a native culture to fucking people trampling all over their territory for how long? Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying it's, it's garbage. Yeah. And Stephanie Meyer has made a lot of it mistakes and done some shitty things and said some shitty things and I'm overall not a fan I just think that it's very funny that a book written by a Mormon, I believe, yeah. if I remember that correctly, has now been claimed by the queers. It's ours now. Honestly, that's <laughs> and valid. And I have to think she would hate it. And that brings me joy. I can give you that. I can give you that. <laughs> so yes, we are doing Vampires vs. Werewolves. Um, a little while back, I put out a tweet uh, asking for some help on this. Because I'll be honest, originally we weren't sure that we were going to do this topic just because both of us 
were uh, team vampire in this debate. Yeah. But Alyssa, possibly because she knows I'm a stubborn psychopath, possibly just because she's a wonderful friend, (laughs) has decided to take up the mantle of werewolf in this argument. I've done some research and I will say, like, I will still personally always be in, like, vampire camp just because I love the aesthetic of it all. But, like, after doing a lot of research and after, like, looking at the arguments presented, werewolves have a case. I won't deny them that. You know what? And I feel like it's appropriate since the first time I met you and tried to ban you from joining my friend group. It was at a Teen Wolf watch night. Yeah. So, you know, this feels right. Full circle. (laughs) All right. Do we want to get started? Yeah. Who's going first? I believe it's you. Nice. Wait, is it you or is it me? I don't have a brain. I don't fucking know. I think- Wait, I think it's me. Yeah, I think it's you. (laughs) Oh, damn. All right. All right. Okay. Apologies to the Virgos out there. (laughs) Virgo's out there ready to like beat us to death. Virgo specifically Sarah. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days, the fucking Mythids episode is going to be uh, Mythids co-hosts versus Virgos. <laughs> well, we're the bigger monsters in that one. So I don't know if that's a fair debate. Yeah, true, true. Okay, so back on topic. Uh, werewolves, for those who haven't guessed or been paying attention for the last 30 seconds, So werewolf, uh, occasionally known as lycanthrope, which the term comes from Greek lycanthropos, which comes from the word wolf and the word person, is a human with the ability to turn into a wolf, either purposefully or after a curse or affliction, uh, you know, typically a scratch or a bite. Uh, is placed on that person uh, with those transformations occurring on full moons. So this is a pretty widespread concept in folklore. You mainly find it in Europe, um, anywhere from like west to a little bit further east Europe. But it actually dates back as far as classical antiquity. Um, Like if you look at... Uh, Herodotus back in his histories when he was talking about like different myths or when he was talking about like the popular folklore of the time he wrote that there was a Neary tribe uh, to the north northeast of Scythia which he said all transformed into wolves once every year for several days and then changed back into humans. There was also the story of a King Lycan of Arcadia who Zeus turned him into a wolf after Zeus pissed him off. So there, are, there's a few more. It goes up to like Roman times. There's plenty of myths and there's a lot to cover here. So I'm just going to try and do briefly throughout times. Um, but the That's earliest insane. sightings are like your early... Uh, 80s BCs because it does date like second century BC as far as how back it goes like there's art in like 460 BC era of like werewolves so it's it's been around for quite some time the most widespread beliefs didn't start around till the middle ages um, so that was most of Europe at this point, as well as the British Isles. Um, they were actually mentioned in medieval law because the ecclesiastical, so church ordinances, wanted to inform the people that the, <laughs> quote, madly audacious werewolf do not too widely devastate nor bite too many of the spiritual flock. So I guess the church believed that if you were a holy person, uh, you could be safe from werewolves. Werewolves can't touch ya. <laughs> That seems to be a thing that comes up a lot in vampires, too. So I love that the church just has to, like, 
Don't worry. Like, I, I know it's secretly, like, another conversion tactic, or, like, I feel like it is, but, like, Absolutely, if yeah. you join us, you will be safe. I think part of it is also, like, because these are both monsters that were, like, big belief in, like, European and in Christian areas, mm-hmm. the church felt the need to take a stance on these unholy things and in order to do that, they had to acknowledge that was it was a thing. And in order to do that, they had to make sure everyone knew that God was still stronger. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> it's whack. But notably, uh, like things when the church get involved, is that with peaking of interests and werewolves and like supposed cases, there were actually werewolf trials uh like there were witch trials in like salem of the time the longest persisted in bavaria and austria with like they were considered either werewolves or like wolf charmers or like they'd speak to wolves or like call them in the early i don't want to say the earliest but the one of the most notable cases uh was peter stump who was a german farmer uh, supposedly he was a serial killer too but i don't have confirmation of that <laughs> he had a lot of hobbies oh, he was accused of being a serial killer a werewolf wi- a r- witchcraft and cannibalism <laughs> this was like back 1545 it sounds a little bit like he just kind of did the one thing and they called it all of the above honestly <laughs> like those all kind of sound like they'd go together yeah and it's one of those, like, he quote-unquote confessed after being tortured unstretched on a rack for hours. So he's like, yes, I practice black magic. Uh, since I was 12, the devil gave me a magic belt so I could turn into a werewolf. So either, like, he had slowly, like, gone uh, a little less stable with the literal hours of torture, or it's the you've been tortured uh-huh. so long you just confess to anything to get it to stop. Yeah, it's funny how... If you put someone in immense pain and say, admit you did this terrible thing and we'll stop hurting you, sometimes they'll admit they did it even if they did not. (laughs) Like, again, he was charged on the grounds that he confessed, but all of his confessions for all of his crimes for, like, serial killing to being the most, like, plausible grounded in reality sound kind of ridiculous because he's like, yes... I, it was 14 pregnant women and I tore open their stomachs and ate their babies as a wolf. And I'm like, but did you though, Peter? Where'd he find all those? That's so many. Like, we would have noticed if that was a pattern, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Peter, can we can we talk about what happened there, Peter? I'm in awe. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was 15th century uh, in terms of like, everyone's like, we have to stop this. This is a widely widely spread horrible thing that's happening but interestingly enough if you go back to french poetry in like circa the 1200s one of a werewolf story actually that i found that is quickly becoming one of my new favorite i guess it's poetry but it's more listed as like a fairy tale i guess is the better word for it and uh there is this knight who had a I believe it was a curse placed on him. But anyway, like, his wife wanted to get rid of him to marry another man, so she stole his clothing. And he needed that to restore his human form. 
and he essentially was able to like join the kings afterwards like join him and like trying to find his missing knight which was really just him the whole time and then like the wife and husband i'm not doing a good job of describing it because i'm not good with french to be honest i will say but anyway (laughs) sounds like a it almost sounds like a reverse selkie situation yeah where like with a selkie you steal the uh seal skin so that the you know woman is stuck in a human form and you can marry her and where this it's like i stole his human clothes so he can never be human again and i can go marry some other bitch and i for one respect that that was literally it was was like okay you can't tell anyone but like he he like hides his clothes when like he transformed like hides his human form and it's like you can't tell anyone his his wife is like uh no thanks i don't want to do this anymore actually i've changed my mind but anyway to close out the story because i think the ending is uh super super important personally for me uh (laughs) but anyway everyone tells the king like hey this woman that's been deceiving you because the wolf you know works alongside the king he essentially works with his knights like is where the pairing used to live the werewolf sees his former wife that essentially trapped him to be a wolf and married someone and like tears off her nose and like an angry fit and everyone's like wow the wolf has never done this before this is the wife of that missing guy do you think there's a connection i will say that is a wild thing to jump to (laughs) absolutely insane (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I, it is, but, like, in fairy tales, it's less odd of, like, if you have this wolf that works alongside you and for the good of the people for, like, years and years and all ends, and, like, they've never shown any, that, like, proclivity for violence could, and then suddenly rip off a woman's nose. imagine, just imagine for a second, this woman's husband went missing, she, you know, went through the, presumably the hardship of that because everyone blamed everything on women back then, and then a few years later, this previously docile animal suddenly mauls her, and they're all like, perhaps this is also <laughs> her fault. <laughs> Actually, yeah, putting it that way, this kind of shitty. Like, they were right, but it's still an insane conclusion to have come to. I love it. I, 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 I secretly low-key love it. Like, ah, uh, yes. It is her fault that her nose was ripped off. <laughs> I mean, like, it was, but... So anyway, after the wolf tears off her nose and they realize, hey, perhaps this is connected, they search through the house and she gives up all the stolen clothing and the king and his men search through and, like, they put all this clothing before the wolf, which I don't know why... Oh, because she confesses, so I guess, like, she agreed, like, hey, my husband's a werewolf and I stole his clothes. So the guy that was like, hey, maybe it's connected, was like, no, we have to give it, we have to let him do it privately. So they dump all the clothing in the bedroom and they let the wolf in and close the door. And then the king opens the door and sees his literally, quote, beloved missing baron. And he runs to him, giving him kisses and embraces. So I guess the king secretly had a thing for the baron the whole time, which I love as an ending. The king is like, the missing baron. The king is a confirmed furry. Anyway, we love a uh, 1200 uh, gay French poem about werewolves. Yeah, no, I can respect that. So moving on to uh, modern, I say modern, very very loosely uh modern werewolves to about the 16th to 1700 there was coincidentally a pastor who's like hey guys the idea of lycanthropy might be an illusion hey maybe 
this thing isn't real. In terms Sounds of like, try and calm Stone it down. Him. <laughs> so, like, try and calm things down from the Afro- absolute fever pitch that was the trials. And would you believe uh-huh. everyone ignored him? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say everyone accused him of being a liar and stoned him. <laughs> they did not stone him, but, like, the only record at the time of lycanthropy was, like, uh... A young child who's like, yeah, my mom and I can do it. So, like, there wasn't exactly a well, lot of Well, then it must grounds. be true. Kids don't just lie about things, Alyssa. I mean, they could. Uh, you don't, you don't know. Like, maybe they're just fibbing a little. Sounds fake. A child would never do such a thing. <laughs> I trust kids with everything <laughs> implicitly always is the moral here, I guess. <laughs> so... At the beginning of the 17th century, uh, James I regarded, quote-unquote, warwolves, which I guess is, like, the, like, German or Eastern European way of putting it, because there's a lot of different uh, etymologies of werewolf, declared these victims uh, delusional, induced by a natural superabundance of melancholic. (laughs) So, just, they're real sad. That's why they think they're werewolves, I guess. But anyway, it disappeared throughout, like, French-speaking Europe in that area because most people just attributed it to, like, ah, they've got something going on in the head. So it calmed down for a little bit. Also because Europe, like, the amount of wolf attacks in, like, the 20th century, they were widespread. They, like, were occasional, but it was still, like, a widespread thing that happened. But as, like, time and development happened, the amount of wolf attacks you would suffer would be less common. So it's not like, like, the fear of it calmed down, but also, like, the amount of instances that it would have happened uh, probably slowed down as well. To move this over in the globe a little bit, there's not a werewolf in Asian cultures, but the common equivalent would be, like, a were-tiger or a were-leopard. So, like, Asian has cats instead of... Asian cultures have cats instead of dogs, so that's fun. Now, to get away from the history of it, because we've been doing a lot of background. So, there's a lot of beliefs all sort of, like, roped together in terms of, like, depending on the time period, depending on the region. So, there's a whole bunch of different things, but there's a whole bunch of different methods as to how you become a werewolf. The simplest being... Obviously, as in the story, you take off your clothing or you put on clothing uh, made of wolf skin and it changes you through magic into a wolf. Another thing I've seen is drinking rainwater out of the footprint of the animal in question or from certain enchanted streams. Uh, How the fuck do you manage to do that? <laughs> so you Sorry? Just drink Rainwater out of the footprint of a wolf, and apparently that would also work. Bitch, who the fuck going around slurping up mud? Yes. <laughs> uh, I really don't recommend this for anyone who might want to or be interested in, in lycanthropy. Please don't drink mud. This has been an official method's PSA. A lot of common ones because of the church connections or because of, like, the hunts back in the 15th and 16th hundreds. The satanic allegiance, like, oh... These people have made a pact with the devil or demonic influences for their powers uh, so that they think like a wolf. They have the shape of the wolf and uh, they kill humanity. 
so like you know like creatures of the devil it's the same with like the witch superstitions like oh these people are they're communing with things they shouldn't have or like it's a curse of a god again that was more common in your ancient times uh as the punishment from zeus uh but Apparently, those excommunicated by the Roman Catholic Church at times were also said to be werewolves. So, like, if you got communicated by the Catholic Church, you could also have been like, we're excommunicating you. Why? Because you're a werewolf. I mean, that seems like a fair reason, to be fair. Yeah. If they could prove it, wowza. I feel like (laughs) there were plenty of times that there were no proofs. People could just... Go into the town square and say things. And people are like, we believe this. This seems like an accurate statement. Sounds right. <laughs> regardless of any basis in reality. Sounds right to me. As for telling that someone was a werewolf or like telling that you were looking at a werewolf in comparison to a regular wolf or a human, uh, supposedly in European folklore, there are physical traits that you can tell. This included... Uh, meeting of both eyebrows at the bridge of the nose, so I guess if you got, like, a longer eyebrows or unibrow. Curved fingernails, low-set ears, and a quote-unquote swinging stride. One way you could tell was to cut the flesh of the accused under the pretense that fur would be seen beneath the wound. So, like, how do we tell if you're a werewolf? I don't know if we cut them. Is that how they think skin works? For werewolves, yeah, they're like, if we cut them, the human skin is just, like, hiding so there will be fur underneath i don't think that's how it works maybe i'm wrong (laughs) but i'm probably not (laughs) it's just peeking under there um just fucking one russian superstition says that werewolves can be recognized by bristles under your tongue uh i don't know what bristles on a tongue look like or how you would check but you know Sure. A lot of transformations believed that, like, it was your soul transforming, that, like, your soul left your body or, like, left your body in a trance and, like, you worked with the power of, like, an animal familiar or, like, another animal who, like, that connection. Like, if you hurt that animal, you'd hurt the person, too. So, like, it was your soul jumping from a human body to an animal body. But there's a lot less on that, unfortunately, because that does sound interesting. But I guess that was more before, like, the common conception of, like, it was a changing or, like, it was a physical transformation came about. In animal form, the actual appearance of the werewolf varies from culture to culture. Like, most people will say it's completely indistinguishable from a regular wolf, um, except for the fact that it could be larger or that it has no tail, which is actually common, again, for witches. If they're in animal form, they lose their tail or, like, a distinct... Because humans don't have tails, right? So, <laughs> right. That generally, yes. Sometimes they'll be still have human eyes, so you know, like the eyes will be different, or the vo- they'll be able to speak. Um, according to some Swedish accounts, the werewolf is distinguishable from a regular wolf by the fact that it would run on three legs, stretching the fourth one back to look like a tail. So I guess just a human, like wait, shit. Uh, I need to look like I have a tail. Just let me put my arm backwards. <laughs> they don't notice. That's not how that. The- I don't know. I don't know. I hate this, but 
great. But the common trait in medieval Europe was that compared to regular wolves, werewolves had a habit of devouring recently buried corpses. That just means you ain't burying that shit deep enough if animals are getting to it. (laughs) That's that's the real answer. Like, it's medieval times, so I guarantee they were not digging it deep enough and real scavengers were digging it up, but they were like, hmm, werewolves. Werewolves. (laughs) Evidence. My favorite interpretation of a werewolf has to be the Scandinavian werewolves, uh, which were old women who possessed poison-coated claws and had the ability to paralyze cattle and children with their gazes. That's just what old ladies are like. (laughs) Old ladies with poisonous claws that just paralyze you with a look, which I mean, I guess that is what old ladies are like, but... I mean, that's that's just what they're like. (laughs) Yeah. Equally uh, interesting is the, uh, let's let's say, uh, curing of a werewolf. Because everyone's like, okay, well, now that we've found a werewolf, we can cure them. Um, the three most common in medieval Europe traditionally were uh, wolfsbane, or like a plant, <coughs> that if they had exposure to would weaken their powers or like weaken um, their transformation or remove the disease. Surgically was one method, though, I am not really sure how one surgically removes werewolf-legged therapy. It doesn't really specify. Uh, Exorcism being the third most common, again, uh, tracing back to the church, we can fix you. But would you believe many of the cures advocated happen to be fatal to the patients? What? Truly, truly shocking. What an incredible cure. (laughs) Less extreme methods. uh, In Germany, a werewolf could be cured if one were to address it by name three times. It's Christian name specifically. You you said it's Christian name three times and the werewolf would just like, you know, be fine. Isn't a Christian name just the name you were given at birth? Yeah, just say your name three times like you're fucking Beetlejuice, I guess. Yeah, fucking okay. Uh, My other favorite one is a Danish belief holds that if you scold a werewolf, it will cure it. So just giving a werewolf a talking to will get rid of lycanthropy. <laughs> a common one is, would you believe, conversion to Christianity. What? And my absolute personal favorite, in antiquity, ye olden Greeks and Romans believed the power of exhaustion that if you subjected someone who was a victim of lycanthropy to long periods of physical activity, that it, they'd just be purged. So, like... The idea, the idea was like you were supposed to be left feeling weak or like, again, like exhausted after many hours of physical activity and just like, oh, thank God we're, we're cured. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that more or less, like you have a whole, there's a whole lot to cover here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up, but you, you have myths surrounding or relating to werewolves all over the world like Arminian lore women who commit deadly sins spend seven years in wolf form a lot of werewolf lore was brought to the Americas through colonization but a lot of people have noted similarities in uh native culture which I guess is a little more ish territory because it's like spirits versus like a person who transforms into it so I'm not gonna get too into that but it's been pretty common in fiction it's existed since time immemorial but yeah that's that's your werewolves you have uh 
men or women that shapeshift into wolves and only during the full moon ha- have wide varieties of hijinks otherwise that's that's i think we're gonna end it before it goes on any longer <laughs> fucking fair yeah this i feel like is gonna be a longer episode than normal yeah and that's fine okay so i'm covering vampires and i did get most of my info from wikipedia shocker to everyone i'm sure but like i was on my laptop typing out what i was gonna say and like a whole two hours before we recorded that's twice as much time as i ever give myself i'm so proud of you thank you it means a lot okay so uh as people who listen to our podcast are likely aware uh vampires are kind of found all over the place in all different cultures and one theory for why that is is that uh vampires were commonly used to kind of explain death and like decomposition and whatnot and so like this idea of this like undead monster kind of crops up over and over and over again that kills people to kind of explain all that away so the most common trait of all vampires is generally They are undead humanoids that depend on drinking blood to survive. The actual term vampire, however, was popularized in Eastern Europe in the 18th century when there were reports of mass hysteria centralized on pre-existing vampiric myths such as the Striga from Albania, Strigoi from Romania, and Rykolakas from Greece. According to said reports, this led in some cases to corpses being staked and living people being accused of vampirism. <laughs> I love that they so, stake the corpses, though. Like, talk yeah. about desecrating fucking bodies. Like, hold on, we Literally. gotta make sure he's really dead. L- guys, I think this one might come back. So yeah. let's just... Yeah, I like how, like, looking back, like, the Irish deal with the threat of corpses rising by just putting some rocks on their fucking graveyard. But these bitches are like, kill the corpse! Stab it! Let's fucking stab it! <laughs> Okay. Um, that's how you get ghosts, you idiot. Yeah. So in modern day, the idea of vampires is most strongly influenced by books such as The Vampire by John Polidori, uh, Carmilla by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu, and of course, Bram Stoker's Dracula, all of which were published throughout the 1800s, which, fun fact, is the reason why when most people think of vampires, they get the idea of this, like, old, wealthy Victorian white man who lives in a big old mysterious mansion and gives off incredibly gay vibes. Because that was just the time period that (laughs) that vampires were popularized. Because that is everyone's mental image. (laughs) Well, what, what this means is, like, if vampires had originally... Imagine if, like, the establishing concept of vampires had been introduced in, like, the, in, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer era. And oh so, like, for all of eternity, looking back on vampires, people would be like, they had frosted tips <laughs> and, <laughs> and ridiculous sunglasses. I, I feel like Victorian twink was the better alternative. I'm just dead. <laughs> oh, it absolutely was. It's just, as I was researching, I had this moment where I was like, hold on. The whole vampire aesthetic <laughs> isn't even a vampire thing. It was just Victorian era. And we, we just left them there. <laughs> Rich Victorian twink. We need nothing else. <laughs> Don't change anything. 
<laughs> and they were right. So across different cultures, some of the most common ideas of how vampires came into being include them being uh, suicide victims that came back to life, witches, corpses possessed by evil spirits, and the ever popular concept of a human being bitten by a vampire. Similarly, how to identify vampires has a ridiculously wide like range of techniques uh, across different cultures. Among some of these include having a virgin boy ride a virgin horse, which is usually supposed to be black, except in, I believe, Armenia, where it's supposed to be white. <laughs> I love that and... the color of the horse makes that much of a difference. Yeah, I know! <laughs> and so you have to ride, this virgin boy's gotta ride a virgin horse through a graveyard, and whichever graves freak out the horse is presumably the grave of a vampire. <laughs> Another way you can spot a vampire's grave is to find a grave with holes in the earth over it, so like it looks like the earth kind of collapsed in a little bit. Uh, presumably that's because, like, oh, the body has dug its way out of the grave. Except, like, the body was in a coffin. The coffin's still there. It would make no difference. <laughs> I wonder how many of these were actually, like, an occurrence. Like, I, I don't know. I've been to a few graveyards in my time. And these don't seem like common problems that you occur in a grave site. Yeah, sometimes there's some sinkage around the, around the grave because the dirt got dug up and then sunk back down again. It's, it's what happens. Uh, but back then they were like, aha, a vampire. <laughs> now, if you have access to the bodies in question themselves, a great way to tell if it's a vampire is just if this corpse doesn't seem to have decomposed as much as you personally think maybe it should have. Maybe this dead body just doesn't look as dead as you think it ought to be. <laughs> um... Not an expert in decomposing bodies? Poke it with a stick! <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, when they were staking all those corpses, them being like, I don't know, it just doesn't look that dead to me. <laughs> Jerry died, like, a month ago, right? Like, shouldn't he have, I don't know, like, be missing some parts by now? And so the ways that you can tell if you have a vampire problem at all since, you know, you figured out how to spot a vampire if you need to find them. The way that you know if there's a vampire issue is um, live local livestock being killed. Vampires. Certainly not foxes or wolves or anything like that. That's a vampire thing. Also, if people go, if anyone goes missing, vampires. And... Of course, things like items being moved around your house or stones being thrown at your roof or windows. <laughs> and I will say that last one just sounds like like a teenage boy in an 80s movie trying to sneak you out of the house to go to the school dance without your very strict dad finding out about it. Honestly. And so, <laughs> like, I don't think that's a vampire thing. That's just some teen bullshit. That's just somebody bored or drunk on a weekend that's like, hey, want to see how hard I can throw this rock? Like, come on now. Right. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, rocks keep getting thrown at windows and people are like, all right, guys, we got a real fucking vampire issue going on around here. Yeah. <laughs> Dig up the corpses. <laughs> Go get a, the virgin horse. It's been a while since we've poked anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, Do you think they so, just 
did that shit for kicks. Like somebody was like, it's been a while since we've had. Oh, you know they did. Issues. They were like, hey, it's been a little while since people were worried about vampires. Want to, you know, break into their house and move some things around? <laughs> <laughs> so throughout different myths, some forms of protection from vampires include garlic, uh, sprinkling mustard seeds on the roof of your house. Or sand or pebbles. There's a lot of different versions of that one because for some reason, in some myths, vampires are absolutely compulsed to count tiny objects. And so that one won't even full-on protect you. It will just kind of slow the vampire down first. (laughs) All right, I've come to suck your- Oh, wait, shit, there's all these pebbles I gotta count. Hold on! Hold up, I gotta go count these mustard seeds. I will be right back, dude. (laughs) Some other things can be branches of wild rose and hawthorn. Or almost any uh, Catholic holy item, uh, such as a crucifix, or holy water, or the Bible, or whatever the fuck else you can come up with that you scavenge from a fucking Catholic church. Supposedly, vampires are unable to cross rivers or walk on consecrated or holy ground. I take issue with that last one, because in my experience, most graveyards are on holy ground. So how the fuck are these bitches digging themselves up if they can't even step on the lawn? How's that supposed to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining all these vampires down in their coffins like, dude, I'd love to go out tonight, but like, I can't step on the grass. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're trying to make our- I, I mean, I guess they could fly the whole bat thing, like, they're getting above the grass, maybe? I fucking guess, but at that point, there's no point for the, oh, you're safe on holy ground. Bitch, no, you ain't. <laughs> In some vampiric myths, it is suggested that vampires do not have reflections in mirrors, nor can they cast shadows. Um, The reason given in most of the myths is uh, this is how you know that they don't have souls. Um, Or, according to Tumblr user Gojiro and a few other spots I've seen this, it's because old mirrors had a silver backing, and just by... You know, silver is real pure, and so silver just chooses not to reflect fucking vampires. <laughs> I don't know. Still not entirely sure. As as you do? Also, the whole vampires can't be seen in reflections or cast shadows because they don't have souls. Uh, that terrifies me because that means that, like, my kitchen table has a soul. My computer has a soul. <laughs> That's a really uncomfortable, uh, thought. (laughs) Right? I got to that. I was like, well, now hold on. That means every, like, spooky Halloween decoration in any haunted house you've ever seen had a soul. So I don't care for that. And so, also, like, this is very rude. Because as previously stated, vampires give off fancy twink vibes. And they need those mirrors. (laughs) You can't just take them from them. So, I like to ignore the mirror theory. In modern times, uh, vampires are largely no longer believed in. However, uh, vampire sightings are still reported occasionally, and vampire hunting societies still exist, although mostly for social reasons. In 1970, a local newspaper claimed that there was a vampire in London's Highgate Cemetery, resulting in a bunch of people coming to be like, I'm gonna kill the vampire. And then one bitch rolled up and wrote a book about he, how he killed the vampire. And seems a little sus. 
in 2005, there were rumors that a guy had bitten some people in Birmingham, England, uh, resulting in some concerns that maybe they had a vampire wandering around, although uh, police confirmed that no such crimes had been committed, and they weren't really sure where that idea came from. And then in Malawi, which is an African country, in late 2002, there were allegations of vampire attacks that led to mobs uh, stoning someone to death and attacking four other people, including the governor, um, because they believed that the government was conspiring with vampires. And I want to say that in their defense, that does sound like something a government would do. So <laughs> I just love that that, like... I, uh, first of all, it's better than, like, the conspiracy series you get here rooted in, like, deep anti-Semitism. But just, like, I love the continual, like, our government is a bunch of blood-sucking parasites. They're vampires. Get them. And they were right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but support. So, in 2006, a physics professor from the University of Central Florida uh, suggested that it was mathematically impossible for vampires to exist... Oh, I'm so glad the math adds up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think that his math is dumb is dumb and wrong uh, because according to him, <laughs> I'm going to start so, saying that shit about everything. No, no. I've done the math. It is mathematically. <laughs> so basically, the math that he did was he was like, okay, so imagine that there was one vampire that existed in 1600. On, in January 1st of 1600, there is one vampire that exists. Now, assume that this vampire hunts, let's say, once a month. And then he has, like, a little side note that's like, even though most myths say that they hunt more often than that. Ha ha ha, look at me, Jesus giving them a Christ. bit of slack. And then he's like, so then if every human that gets bitten gets turned into a vampire, in, like, two and a half years, we'll run out of humans. But I have some issues with this. First of all, um, I clearly stated at the start of this, this bitch didn't do his fucking research because the term vampire doesn't even show up until 1700. So what the fuck? dude <laughs> also <laughs> so you did the math but your math wasn't even right because you didn't do the research for your didn't math. even research first <laughs> also who the fuck said that every person that gets bit gets turned into a vampire yeah or like it drained or died like right like it that does not necessarily mean every bitch does so he was doing like exponential math like ahaha see We'd all be vampires by now if vampires existed. Therefore, they can't from a math standpoint. I, and I think that he's no fun and dumb and also wrong and I hate him. If anyone has a job <laughs> in math, I'm, I'm laying this out, uh, my bold stance. If anyone has a job in math or is a math major, I make fun of you. I am making fun of you. And this man is the reason why. This man <laughs> looked at vampires and was like, I need to make an exponential formula as to why they're fake. Like... Nobody thinks they're real, bud. Like, you don't have to do the math. Let, them, let us have fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, that man is a bitch and did no research and I hate him. Yeah, no. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, oh, oh, God. I do want to use that as an excuse for everything, though. Like, even, something is even slightly impossible. No, no. I've done the math. It's not possible. <laughs> I've done the math. Can you show us the math? No, no. Don't look at my math. <laughs> 
I... <laughs> so, and then in September of 2017, there was another vampire scare in Malawi, which led to another mob, which killed another six people accused of being vampires. And I'm just thinking that, like, maybe we should get someone over to Malawi to check on things. I, I'm, like, genuinely concerned about, like, the two very recent instances of vampire panic. Like, understandably things happen, but are y'all, like, not to be disrespectful, but y'all good? I'm just saying, for all that Professor Florida says that vampires don't exist, maybe they do, and it's in Malawi. Uh, maybe, or like maybe they need to look at the math numbers. Maybe that'll calm them. <laughs> maybe they need to look over the math. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I just wrote this seems to be a continual issue over there, and I'm worried about them. <laughs> this is a valid concern. People are dying. People are dying. So then the modern traits of a vampire that you generally see, because at this point, vampires have almost become like a genre of their own, you know? And so there are certain traits that you generally see. Fangs, sometimes retractable, don't know how the fuck that works, but okay. Sensitivity to sunlight. Uh, In some versions, it's like, oh no, I'm dying. In other versions, like the Vladimir Todd books, it's just like, bitch, put on some sunscreen. Um, and, (laughs) and you know what? Same. (laughs) Me too. Immortality is a popular bit, um, because of the whole undead thing. They cannot die of old age. And so a lot of books tried to take like the, oh, morality. They, in order to get immortality, they have to sacrifice the lives of others. And that's dumb. Just let the immortal goths be fun and flirty and just leave it at that. <laughs> Get your morals out of here. Like, listen, listen, nobody wants to bring morals into any of this nonsense. Literally. Generally, the only way to kill them is to stake them through the heart. Some other ways that in some versions you can kill them is by trapping them in sunlight or cutting off their head and burning it. Those are kind of the most common versions. They're very sexy. I have not seen an ugly vampire in any media in quite a while. Like, I think Nosferatu might have been the last ugly vampire we had. So, they're all sexy now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sometimes they sleep in a coffin, but that's like an aesthetic thing, you know? And I respect that a lot. Sometimes they can turn into a bat or some sort of other animal or just like a cloud of fog. <laughs> Maybe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Mist? Have you never seen that? I I feel like I might have, but maybe I blocked it out because I thought it was so dumb. Yeah, they can just turn into a cloud of fog in some myths. I feel like they should have stuck with the bat. Or not some myths, but in some books and movies and shit. It's just like, ooh, fog, and now it's a person. <laughs> Yikes. Let me in. Um, can you? Oh God! I'm all right. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> don't get mad at oh me. No. What is I, that? Mean? Whenever you say "Don't get mad at me," <laughs> so hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Can you vape a vampire then? Can you vape a vampire? I'm not mad at you. I am delighted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like they're a cloud of smoke. So like, basically, you can inhale smoke. So like, 
gonna get it yet? Can, can you can you hotbox a vampire? <laughs> source to blood that way i yeah there's that (laughs) they're also usually very fast and very strong and can see in the dark and some of them can use mind control which is kind of kinky and that is my report on vampires thank you for coming to my ted talk that was absolutely beautiful that's way more organized than mine i I was like oh god i I want a shirt that says bro i want a shirt that says can you hotbox a vampire Along with, uh, there's nothing sexier than an, uh, incorruptible legal system. Than an incorruptible legal, legal system. system. <laughs> now we both have one. Yours is about yeah. the sexiness of Bro, law and Alyssa wants to hotbox a vampire. <laughs> we say the best things. We okay. Do. So, do we want, uh, I feel like both of these arguments are going to take some time, but what do we want to start with? Well, actually, first, I'd like to take a step away okay. um, and say, hey, guess what? Our Patreon is live. Woo! Um, what? I know I said last time that the Patreon would be live at the time of posting, and then it wasn't, because literally as I listened through the edited version before I post it, and I was listening to it, and it got to that point, and I went, oh, no. Oops. Because <laughs> I hadn't finished it yet. But this time it is. It's currently live. So if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, thank you so, so much. It helps us cover things like paying for editing, paying for our podcast hosting, uh, any equipment updates that we need to do, all of that kind of stuff. Because currently that comes straight out of our pockets, which is fine because we love doing this show. But if you want to help us, because we're both broke as hell Target employees. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. We're probably um, not. We're, bro- we're both broke as hell. We're both broke as hell, Alyssa's in school, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, (laughs) we'd love some support, if you can. So, what you get for supporting our podcast, uh, at the lowest level, that's $3 a month, that's squonk level, what you get is bonus episodes, uh, which we will be posting one bonus episode a month. I don't know if the first bonus episode is up yet, but if not, it will be very soon. So one bonus episode a month, as well as, you know, if you join later down the line, all previous bonus episodes will be available to you. There's a separate RSS feed just for those. Uh, and you also get access to the Discord. I know we have a Twitter already where you guys can kind of, you know, interact and reach out to us. But there's only so much you can do through that. So we thought it would be nice to be able to, you know, facilitate some some conversation and debate on these important matters that we bring up on the podcast. <laughs> Real direct um, uh, pipeline feed to everything going on in our terrible brains correct just in case you don't have enough of that yet there's how you get it at the five dollar level that is nessie and with that you will get all of the previous stuff but you will also get extra voting power so when a monster comes along that you really care about you will get an additional vote in that poll 
uh, as a Nessie level fan. Then we've got above that Medusa at $10, which I will personally do a drawing for you of one of the winning monsters of that month and send it to you in the mail, along with all previous stuff. Uh, and you guys should just all go check it out. I'm really excited to get this going. Secondly, we have Closeted Crafts. Uh, they are getting so close to launch with everything. Please go follow them. Uh, at Closeted Crafts on Twitter and I think Instagram and still TikTok. St still haven't checked it out. I'm waiting for someone else to do it for me and then tell me what's going on on their TikTok. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the bullet uh, on that. I don't have a TikTok, but I'm sure I could figure it out. Neither do I. My husband has a TikTok, and honestly, it's rude that he hasn't done this for me already. I think he's what obligated. What the hell, Almond? Jeez. Amygdala needs to step it up. Amy G. Dalla Amy needs G. to fucking work on his shit. If his TikTok name isn't Amy G. Dalla, we're in a fight. He doesn't know we're in a fight, but we're in a fight. <laughs> We're, we're at war. I don't think it is, and that's fucked up. So that brings us into the debate. Oh boy. I mean, we usually do fight first just because we're more passionate about romance. Yeah. Okay. Well, part of the- <laughs> So part of the, part issue, of the issue is that they're pretty evenly matched. They're pretty evenly matched, and also, like, they have similar weaknesses. Yeah. I mean- Like, there's... so werewolf weaknesses are, like, the silver- uh, or typically silver bullets. Uh, sometimes Wolfsbane, but not always. Like, exposure can, like, weaken them, but it's not a direct weakness. And, uh -huh. um... I thought I said so one place I saw fire, but that was not consistent, so it was really Yeah, just, like... I've seen that a few places with werewolves in the past. Mm. But again, that's the issue. A lot of them aren't consistent. Like, the only consistent one for vampires is staking them through the heart. But then also maybe Hawthorne... And also maybe holy stuff, and like also maybe sunlight, <laughs> depending on what version we're reading. Yeah, uh, they're they're like weaknesses don't overlap, but like they at least both have like a decent number of weaknesses that it's like okay, absolutely. I will say the thing that has um, a deterrent or like a point for werewolves over vampires is that things that can deter vampires are more easily accessible than werewolves. That is true. So, like, werewolves, that like... That is absolutely true. Silver bullets. Like, I don't have a silver bullet, like... Or, like, a silver, like, weapon in my house. But every grocery store has garlic. Uh, mustard seeds are also probably sold at grocery stores. If you live within walking distance of a church, they can bless anything you want. This is all very fair. I mean, so, from a, for a vampire standpoint, I believe they are usually faster, although not necessarily. Uh, they got that, they've got the mind tricks that they can do. A lot of them can kind of, like, mesmerize things, which I think could definitely be used for an advantage. Also, they can turn into bats and just fly off. <laughs> which, again, I, wolves can't do that. You cannot hotbox a werewolf. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that a point in favor of werewolf of vampires know. winning combat that you can hotbox it? I don't know. It's just I was listing all these differences and my friend was like, hey, don't forget the hotbox. Important important quality. <laughs> Well-known vampire trait that we all know and love. Hotboxing. <laughs> oh god. Um, 
yeah, no, and just, like, again, to counter this, I think we'll probably be going in circles, uh, but werewolves also have enhanced smell, hearing, sight. I don't know if Vampires have a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah. Some are immortal, like, it's not consistently, but a lot of, like, uh, werewolves, like, I, I think, I think it's actually in the Underworld movie, so I don't know how well you count that, but it was, like, he survived hey! 800 years in captivity with no food or water. So like hibernation. Yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if that counts, but like part of the werewolf canon. Probably not, but like, uh, so I won't count like the eight hundred years in captivity. But like werewolves being immortal was something I saw across more than one source. So there's that. What was I gonna say? I mean, wolves can like depending on how high the bat flies. Like wolves can climb trees. A wolf could hunt a bat. I feel like, yeah, especially a bigger wolf with like human in the qualities. Air. Then most trees can go, Alyssa. I'm just saying. That's bullshit and you know it. Okay, but that's like to get away. Like a vampire is going to pussy out of a fight like that? Come on. I mean, we've already established they're all twinks, so maybe. I mean, you got me there. You got me there. (laughs) So what else we got? I mean, vampires are generally uh, ancient and rich, which means that they probably have access Two, some pretty cool weaponry. Also, uh, to your point of, I don't know about you, but I don't have any silver weapons. I'm willing to bet that an ancient rich bitch from the Victorian era probably does. Yeah, but uh, it's not that like, sounds all like the kind of shit where, that like all uh, vampires are. Like, if I turned into a vampire tomorrow, I'm still no better equipped to fight a werewolf than I am. You know, like okay, yeah, that's arguably true. I don't know. That sounds like a you problem, dude. <laughs> Alright, I gotta stock my house with silver weapons now. Uh, yeah, probably. You should get going on that. Really. <laughs> Trying to formulate a good plan. You would think, with all the research I did, that I would have sat down and been like, okay, now what's our plan of action for the combat? And this is gonna really shock all of you guys, but I didn't do that. I... <laughs> Um, uh, and I have no excuse. I think we were inundated with just so much that we're like, all right, we're not- That's the thing. We didn't even think. There's so much information. I mean, points for vampires, they are immortal, they can fly, they can mesmerize wolves. I think the mind control thing is the strongest thing the werewolves have going for them, honestly. Uh, just because I think that that can be very helpful. Um, there are also some stories that talk about, like, vampires being able to have, like, control over animals sometimes, uh, but I don't know if that would- so I- I guess either animal or human, they could still pull some mind control bullshit on werewolves. Also, I mean, I feel like getting torn to pieces would kill a werewolf. Probably. I mean, werewolves are sturdier and they have increased healing factors, so, like, you'd have to, like, hope that it's not fighting back because, like, if you started to tear its arm off and then didn't get it off and it, like, got away, then it would be able to heal it. Like. Right. But, like, I feel like with vampires you get a lot more of, oh, if you didn't kill them in this very specific way, no matter how, like, ruined they are, they'll kind of piece themselves back together Mm. over time, almost like a lich. Whereas with a werewolf, you usually see more, like, 
you know, wounds heal faster. But if you've like separated, if you've like drawn and quartered this bitch, he's probably done. Because werewolves are still living things. They still have a heartbeat. They still need to breathe. They still have all of that. And vampires do not require any of those things. I, w- I will give you that. I mean, you do still have, like, weakness to sunlight in which, like, oh no, I've stayed out too late. I will turn into dust. So, like, it's not like it's I mean, I do that together. too. <laughs> That's not their fault. <laughs> so, like, it's not just, like, you, like, sure, like, they can yeah. piece them back together if they haven't been staked or, like, they do have less, but they also yes. have more weaknesses. They do have... Also, yeah, that's, that's a werewolf can stand on a lawn until daylight and be like, mm, good luck, buddy. How are you going to kill me as a bat? You can't. You know what? Let's just get real experimental. If they were to turn into a mist, <laughs> we've established that you can, that we can, that you can vape a vampire. So therefore, as a mist, you could probably go down their throat. And if you were to then turn into a bat inside someone's lungs, Stop. that would do some damage. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that I, like, boxed myself in like this. This was not the plan. Like, boom. Or if they turn back into their vampire form just real quick, that's a whole ass explosion. That bitch is dead. Fucking believable. So, that's my hot take on that matter. Yeah, I... I guess you could wear a mask. <laughs> We're in the time <laughs> of Wear a mask, everybody. Mask. Protection from COVID and also vampires. <laughs> Wearing a mask will prevent you from dying via bat in your lungs. <laughs> my girlfriend just walked in and the look I'm getting. Oh my god. I'm fucking screaming. Okay. I, I mean, on the basis of, like... I feel like I, I feel like I'm biased here. Like I don't want to cheap out and be like, yeah, I guess vampires would win in combat, but I feel like traditionally vampires win in combat. Like werewolves will put up yeah. a hell of a fight, and like I'm not gonna say a, a vampire will win every time because I don't think like they're evenly no, balanced. I think enough. it's a pretty close fight. Yeah, but I will give the edge to vampires. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I worked hard for it. Bitch had to get hot box to win. Um, <laughs> bitch had to learn how to be vaped to win. <laughs> okay, so that then brings us into dateability. This is where it's gonna get the... really ugly. Yeah, I know! Alright, so... I'm looking at the clock like, okay, Brooke, you've only got 20 minutes. You yeah. can't go too wild. Alright, so let's agree, because we're not gonna find a winner, so let's agree to present our cases and we'll leave... Uh, our listeners to do the rest. So, like, I'll let you present your full argument for vampire. I will present my full argument for werewolf, and then we can try to wrap it up from there because we could literally do a full hour with this. First of all, vampires very sexy, and I love the idea of dating someone, you know, rich who lives in a big old fucking spooky ass mansion. That's my aesthetic. You know it is. It's a great aesthetic. Um, the whole nocturnal thing, not a problem, bitch. So am I. Uh, I can switch to the night shift at Target very easily, and then I would have be on the sleep, same sleep schedule as the vampires. No problem there. Fucking very hot. I keep saying that, but it's because it's so true. I went through a goth phase in high school, but like these are these are these are proper goths. These are goths that are doing it right. They have the money to sink into this bullshit. 
And I love that. The whole eating people, not a problem. You know, some people deserve it. I can, I can be okay with that. Uh, also, there's so much very good smut written of vampires and humans. So I'm gonna let you guys do some of your own research on that. But it's A+. Big fan. You really want to get into that territory with what I brought? You really want to do that, huh? I- oh god. If you bring up ABO, I swear to god, because that's not werewolves. You opened that door. You opened that door, Brooke. It's not the same. Stop it. Don't pretend like it didn't overlap. Don't pretend like it doesn't. I know it overlaps. But actually, Alyssa, I would love nothing more than to hear you argue for how great ABO is. I I love that. Please. Please, I'd love to hear it. Tell me about it. Continue on. I'll get there. Don't worry. (laughs) God, I, I went so quick. I mean, everyone loves, well, not everyone. I'm everyone. Everyone loves the spooky bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think what else we got going on. I mean, I I rattled it all all so quick, but you love dating someone rich. And also, they are asleep half the time. So you only have to deal with them at night if you don't like them. And if you, it, well, if, if you disagree with them at all, you can just stay up in the daytime. Go outside. They can't fucking, you win that fight because they can't get to you. Alternatively, if you do like them and have a healthy relationship, then you can just like kick in at nighttime as well. That doesn't really make a big issue relationship wise. You presumably get access to all their money because what the fuck are they going to do with it? They're very hot, very gay. Love that. So many fancy, so many, so much fancy clothes, so much fancy ass jewelry. Have you seen their eye makeup? Wow, incredible. <laughs> I feel like some of these aren't necessarily a vampire thing, and these are a thing you no, are no. projecting onto vampires. <laughs> they are every last part of I it. I feel like. <laughs> Hold on now. I'm gonna have to pump some brakes. They're immortal. Think about how nice their book collection must be. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Make your right, I feel like the main argument here is like vampires are like the elegant, rich, bourgeoisie nonsense and uh werewolves you have like the rugged cottagecore aesthetic. So like yeah, cottagecore. Everyone's really into like that whole vibe of like out in the wilderness. Werewolves are perfect I, for that. Hey, guess what? I'm not. Fuck that. Okay, but you're not everyone. I, I didn't I just said you. I'm everyone! No, you're not! I can't believe <laughs> I Brooke just said it five minutes ago! Any arguments against vampires? Okay, <laughs> so cottagecore, people love cottagecore, people love the outdoors, people love hiking. So, like, you know, if you're into someone who's athletic, even if you aren't personally, you have a major athletic jock. Um, mouth full of fangs instead of just the two, you know? If you love fangs, why not have more of them? Actual claws instead of, like, what? vampires, uh, you know, fake manicure nonsense, you know? Like, they have real actual claws, not just sharp, pointy nails. Oh, my God. The big, again, the big buff, super buff masculine boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, They can be naked often so that they don't ruin their clothes, you know? That time of the month coming up, guess I just won't wear clothes. 10 out of 10. You can actually do stuff during the day. Like, you can hang out with them at night or day. You know, you can mix up your schedule. They're actually cuddleable because they're warm and sometimes soft versus vampires who have no heartbeat, so they're always cold. That's okay, because I'm a living furnace. The, the Bonus. That's good for me. 
not a living furnace. They're just, you know, sometimes you want to cuddle with a nice warm being instead of like, I don't know, whatever corpse thing vampires got oh, going on. Not a day in my life. There are genuinely times where I'll be cuddling my husband and I'll be like, ah, this this thing is warm. Worst part of the experience. I have never cuddled with That's a warm a being joke. in my life because my girlfriend doesn't have thermoregulation. So I could say, wow, wouldn't it be nice to cuddle and be warm for once? <laughs> if Brooke really wants to go into that fiction fucking territory, I'm not, I don't. I'm not going to really say don't. anything. But there's been literal lawsuits over uh, people, including werewolf kinks or wolf-like qualities in fictions. So you know people say, are into that. I, I maintain that ABO does not count for the werewolf debate. It's, it's not werewolves. <laughs> I mean, it's wolves. So, like, it is closely adjacent, my dude. Again, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I, I've poked it with the stick the way they used to poke those ye olden corpses, and I am moving on. But I felt legally obligated to poke it and acknowledge that it was there, regardless of the positive or negative feelings that exist. Because people have positive feelings about it, and people have negative feelings about it. And I'm not going to say my feelings about it, but I've at least acknowledged the uh, elephant in the room. Uh-huh. The were-were-were-were-elephant. Weak! Coward! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But yeah, you know, you got that whole rugged flannel aesthetic. Uh, you really only have to worry about uh, lycanthropy being an issue once a month. So, you know, like, maybe you'll be, like... Uh, pe- people that, that deal with menstrual issues, you know, you know what that's like to have, like, just that time of the month where things are terrible. So if you're a person that can relate to that, you're a person that can relate to that. Uh, but it's not like, oh man, vampires, I can never go out with the sun. We can never go to an Italian restaurant. They will constantly get distracted, uh, counting tiny things, which I guess isn't really a downside, but like, you know, I have, I, I, I understand what it's like to get distracted. I see I just got distracted I forgot where I was going with it. sometimes like listen 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 you can appreciate the aesthetic of a pasty Victorian twink or you can have a rugged feral big lady in plaid you know like you can you can have you can have a beautiful jock you know there's more of the potential for himbos you know sometimes people like that you got, you got, you got things going for you. There is what I'm saying. Hold on, Megan says that you used your psychic powers while debating. What did you do? Oh, uh, so apparently she's taking credit for after I was yelling about you, uh, saying vampires could turn into mist. I was su- surprised about this from her room, which I did not hear her. She said, uh, she yelled, "We get it, you vape." <laughs> So then literally a few seconds later, I was Cheater. Like, so she brought up vaping and my mind went, but could you vape a vampire? <laughs> First, you bring your psychic powers in to cheat at Among Us, and now you're trying to cheat at our podcast. I can't believe this. I do not control the psychic powers. The psychic powers control me. But yeah, um, those are, I guess, our arguments, arg- yeah, arguments for vampires and werewolves. We could go at this quite literally for hours. Uh, so we've presented arguments, and uh, we'll let you guys uh, decide as per usual. Sorry, I'm in the group chat discussing with people as we're. Oh talking. my god! <laughs> That's how I knew you. That's how Meg. I knew Megan had accused you of cheating. Okay, so yes, go vote 
on who you think is better. I'm gonna be honest, I suspect that this is an episode where what we said will have nothing to do with what you vote for, <laughs> just your own preconceived opinions on the matter, and that's fine. In fact, that's probably better. <laughs> Go over. We are at Mythids Podcast on Twitter. We will have one poll on Twitter. Um, again, as a Patreon, you can access the second poll on Patreon, which will also be tallied up last week. So at the time of recording... Last week's poll. I love our listeners so much. I love our listeners so much. I hate. Hey, guess what? I hate (laughs) every one of. Well, not all of you, but I hate so many of you. Because I truly, with all of my heart, thought that last week was going to be an open, like an open shut case. And fucking apparently not. So there's still about a day left (laughs) on the poll. So maybe something will change between time of recording. But as it stands, we have 12 votes, and 58% of you have voted for the Devouring Gourd, 42% of you have voted for Seamurg. So at least, as it stands, the Vorpumpkin won. Gourd, And I'm furious about it. Oh, Um, my heart, my heart. Come on, Gourd fans, we can do this, we can pull this off. I hate you. If that changes, we will, you know... I don't know, say something to acknowledge that change. I don't fucking know. In the later um, episode, I guess. Yeah, we'll say or do something. I mean, at least it's close. For a while, it was like there were six votes, and one of them was for the Seamurg, and five of them were for the Gord. <laughs> Even if the Gord doesn't win overall, nothing will ever take that away from me. That for, like, a solid chunk of time, we had the lead. The Gord was winning. Yeah. I'm so mad. Alright, so our sources... Uh, we should probably cover before we get this out. I used Wikipedia and also my brain and previous knowledge of vampires. Oh boy. All right. I used Herodotus Histories. I used Ovid and Apollodorus. I've used uh, Pliny the Elder. I've used uh, American Heritage Dictionary of the English English Language, the entry under Loop Guru. Uh, I've used uh, the translation of... uh, Bisclavre, the uh, French... Oh, oh, yeah, werewolves are gay. Canonically, fun fact. That was my other argument. Gay werewolves. Uh. Well, you forgot to mention it, so fuck off. No! It still counts! So, yes, Amanda Hopkins uh, cover or ratings on it. Uh, I have used Witchcraft in France and Switzerland in on uh, by William E. Monter. Monter? I used the old London translation of the charges against Peter Stump of Wolves and Men by Barry Lopez, uh, Werewolves by Elliot O'Donnell, and I think that is all of them. I could be missing some. There are a lot. But those were the major sources, I believe. You're a nerd. That's me. You thought your fucking research like a fucking nerd. There was so much. There was so much reading. I can tell. God. Okay, so as usual, our editing uh, is done by Maury. Thank you so much to them, uh, because I don't know how long this episode is, but currently I'm looking at my recording and it's an hour and a half long that they're going to have to drudge through, and I'm so sorry. I'm so Um, sorry, Maury. (laughs) Also, shout out to my incredibly talented goblin of a husband, Eddie, um... 
He did the music for the intro and outro of our show, and it fucking slaps. And thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, I think that's it. So bye. Bye. Happy Halloween. <laughs>